0: Max was torn. Which way was he to go? Who was he supposed to guard? If he went in the direction of the wolves to help the humans, he couldn't make it over to Liz. If he went in the direction of Liz, what would happen to the humans? It appeared that both choices offered a sacrifice.
1: Oh, help me! I don't know which way to go. Please give me a revelation
0: and show me what to do, Maker. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. On today's episode, we'll hear Chapter 62 from the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, and a little later, Miss Jenny has a special letter from one of you. And, going right along with today's chapter she reminds us that life is full of choices and how we choose can either bring us closer to our maker or sometimes cause us to stray away from him and we sure don't want to do that but hey it happens to the best of us so we'll deal with that in Jenny's corner coming up in just a little bit But right now I'm going to make a choice I choose to step aside for a little pause well actually eight little paws.
1: <laughs> Oh, paws oh, that, that
0: and so Here's the owners of those eight little paws. Probably here to tell us a couple of tales. (laughs) Make it stop, then. Oui, s'il vous plaît. Here's Max and Liz.
1: Are you done, then? Enough with the puns already. Next thing you know, he'll be wanting me to tell you how rough, rough, rough me day is going. (laughs) Oui, and then I would have to come up with the perfect answer for you. (laughs) And I'd be speechless. And then you'd say, what's the matter, lad? I got your, your tongue? <laughs> I but you'd be barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> oh, Max, don't be so dogmatic. <laughs> Ooh, are you giving me some catitude? <laughs> of course not. I have too much personality. Well, then why are you keeping me on such a short leash, then? <laughs> I'm just giving you something to chew on. <laughs>
0: Well, make no bones about it. No. Okay, okay, major point. No more dog and cat puns. Or rather, in keeping with our theme, I choose not to do any more dog and cat puns. Hmm, what do you think, Liz? Can we trust him?
1: Well, uh, maybe we should add a clause to his contract. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, you two, come on, it's time to get serious. Because today's chapter focuses on a certain Scottish terrier who has a choice to make. A very difficult choice. You see, last time you may remember, this certain Scotty dog, I wonder who he's a boot Heard a very difficult truth from a certain French cat. Hmm, who could that be? Yeah, and this Scotty dog didn't like what he heard from the French cat and just walked away. But now, he's had time to think about what she said. And he soon finds himself with the most difficult choice he's ever had to make. Are you ready? Then here we go with chapter 62, The Choice. The scene before Max was astounding. Thousands of animals were exiting the ark on the top of this majestic mountain peak. Noah's family was herding the creatures slowly off the ark, trying to maintain some semblance of order. The animals seemed disoriented, as if not quite knowing what to do or where to go. After all, this wasn't their original home territory. They didn't know where the Ark had drifted to in the world. All they knew was that they were on an elevated slope with far-reaching horizons. Which way to go? Max shared this feeling emotionally. He had just walked out on a tough conversation with his dear friend. How could he have done that to Liz? She wasn't trying to be mean, she was trying to speak the truth in love. And Max didn't want to hear the truth. Confusion reigned in Max's heart as it reigned in the hillside below. The giraffes were gingerly making their way out the front door of the ark, ducking to miss hitting their heads on the lintel. Max heard Chipo telling Upendo Don't look down, don't look down. Poor Giraffe, afraid of heights. Something deeper struck Max. Don't look down. Is that what he had been doing these last few weeks? When was the last time he looked up to the Maker? Max felt ashamed. Liz was right. He had looked to Charlie for direction, not the Maker. Would the Maker even listen to him now? He had to try. He had nowhere else to turn. Max made his way to a solitary spot on the outer deck and raised his eyes to the skies. There was no fire cloud in the sky, yet he knew the Maker was there.
1: Um, it's me, Max. I know it's been a while since I talked to you. I need to ask your forgiveness. I've been so caught up in things here on the ark. "'and trying to be the hero that I didn't ask you about things. "'Liz were right. "'I asked Charlie about things. "'He made me feel important and like I could do everything on me own. "'I didn't start out this way when I left the Glen. "'Gilliman told me to go to you for guidance, "'and I did for a long while. "'But then I lost me way. "'I took me focus off ye and put it on meself. "'That were wrong. "'I'm sorry.
0: "'I know Gilliman would not be proud of me. "'I know ye aren't, and that hurts me heart,' sighed Max, "'as he prayed with more heartfelt anguish than he had ever known. "'Even though his heart was breaking, "'he began to fully realize how he had been behaving.' There was a sweet release in his spirit as he laid everything out for the Maker. He didn't feel rejection from the Maker. He felt acceptance and forgiveness. Max suddenly remembered something Gilliman had told him long ago. Max, remember that things aren't always as they appear. Sometimes you have to dig deep to find the truth beneath the surface. I were too hard on Liz. The things I said to her, I, what a mean-spirited lad I were.
1: I may not agree with what she's feeling, but I have to at least listen.
0: She were digging deep for the truth. Well, I've been looking at everything on the surface," said Max, getting angry now at himself. What if she's right? Max thought out loud. He remembered what Craddock had told him about the Wolves. He had returned to England to bring them across the Channel because of the feeling in his heart that it was the right thing to do. Ah, when was the last time Max felt that tug on his heart by the Maker? Max hadn't allowed himself to feel it in recent weeks. He shook his head sadly. The Wolves had been called by the Maker to the Ark. If they were the ones causing the trouble, it wouldn't make sense that the Maker had put them there, especially if they were going to attempt harming the humans. Things were truly not what they seemed. A feeling of dread came over Max. Suddenly, he, too, had a bad feeling about what could be happening below. If there were any shred of truth to what Liz had told him, then something bad was about to happen. Oh, how could he put himself in the place where he was not doing his duty? He had always been the protector of creatures. What if he missed the mark now? Max had to find Liz, so they could together figure out what to do. He frantically scanned the sea of animals, looking for her. Al and Kate were making their way through the crowded line of animals. Neither of them was very tall, so they hitched a ride on the polar bears. Peter and Pearl.
1: How could we have gotten separated from Max and Liz?
0: Kate asked Al, feeling frustrated.
1: I can't stand to not be able to find someone like this. There, there, lass. We'll find them. Just keep your chin up and your eyes out and they're bound to
0: turn up, said Al reassuringly. Would you like me to get on my hind legs so you can get a better view? Peter asked Al.
1: What a wonderful idea, lad. I'll hold on tight,
0: answered Al. Peter raised up high on his muscular back legs, towering above the other creatures. Al moved up to sit on Peter's head as he scanned the crowd for any sign of Max or Liz. The other animals in line behind got impatient. Hey, down in front. We're dying to get off this boat. Keep it moving, called Raja Peacock your feathers. I'm looking for Max and Liz, answered Al with a frown. Well, I don't see them
1: yet. You can get done now, Peter. We'll try again in a bit,
0: Al instructed. Da, this is okay, said Peter. Suddenly Kate thought about Crinan and Bethu. Of course, just as the gulls had found Craddock, they could help find Max and Liz. Pearl,
1: I need you to do your famous polar bear growl and call for Cranon and Bethu. You got the only voice I can think of that they'll hear over this noisy crowd of creatures, said Kate. Okay,
0: Kate. Al, you might want to close your ears for a minute, said Pearl. Al put his paws over his ears. As Pearl let out a rumbling polar bear growl that made the fainting goats fall over and the caterpillars roll up into balls at the loud sound.
1: Pearl, calling Kleinen, and Bathu! Pearl, Colin, Kleinen, and Bathu! Come here at
0: once! shouted Pearl.
1: Good goin', Pearl! That'll get those gulls here. They'll be our eyes to find our mates then!
0: said Kate. Al looked at Peter and commented,
1: Sure, and I don't know how you put up with such a load wife.
0: Peter shrugged his shoulders and replied, Her voice is like music to my ears. She was bellowing like that the first time I laid eyes on her, and it was love at first sound. Liz scooted around the larger animals towering above her. She was so petite that she could squeeze through the narrow openings. She jumped up on animals occasionally, begging their pardon. Tumo, the rhinoceros, even gave her a bit of a ride as he trotted down the corridor, causing the wooden planks to bend and creak under his weight. But soon he was caught in the bottleneck of animals backed up in their hurry to leave the ark. Sorry, Liz. This is as far as we go for the moment, said Tumo.
1: Uh, "'Merci, Tumor. By the way, have you seen Albert?
0: asked Liz. "'Not since breakfast. Al was in the jungle, sharing a bunch of bananas with the monkeys,' replied the rhino.
1: "'Merci. If you see him, uh, tell him I am looking for him, s'il vous plaît,'
0: said Liz, as she jumped down and ran through the legs of her transporter, careful not to let him step on her tail. Liz could see daylight streaming in the open door up ahead. Soon, she could get outside and assess the situation. Crine and Bethu were sitting on an outcropping of rocks when they heard Pearl bellow for them. They had been watching in amazement the exodus of pairs of every kind of creature that inhabited the earth. They never knew so many different kinds of lovebirds existed.
1: "'Dear, I believe that were Pearl calling,' said Bethu. "I, me love, and I know where she is calling from. "'Let's go,'
0: answered Krinan. "'The two birds flew over the sea of colorful creatures, "'sometimes swooping down to bid hello to their friends, "'before reaching Peter and Pearl, "'who were slowly making their way down the exit ramp from the ark.
1: "'Hello, Kate, El, ye bellowed Pearl?'
0: said Crinan.
1: Hello, you two,
0: Kate answered.
1: We can't find Max and Liz. We got separated this morning before Noah called all the creatures to leave the ark, and the crowd is too big. Can you fly around and see if you can spot them then?
0: asked Kate.
1: Ay, lass, it won't be easy. We never seen so many creatures before. There are thousands and thousands of them. "'Tis a crazy scene, and we'll be heard, but we'll do our best. "'Peter and Pearl, carry Kate and Al to that cluster of rocks, "'and stay put there so we can find you again.
0: "'Off we go,' said Crinan, as he and Bethu went flying up in the air. "'Every square inch of ground was moving, "'with every color and texture imaginable, "'packed tightly together, fur, scales, Hides and feathers blended to form a spectacular sight. The two gulls flew up high for a better view. They could see the ark perched solidly on top of the mountain peak. Back behind the ark was a steep cliff that descended into an abyss. I hope no
1: creatures go down that side of the mountain, dear. They'd be in for a terrible fall,
0: exclaimed Bethu.
1: You're right, me love. But the humans are helping
0: the animals know which way to go. It looks like all is well, answered Crinan. They continued surveying the ground, but didn't see a trace of Max or Liz. This would take some time. Max remained on the outer deck. He scanned the sea of creatures below, looking for Liz. He noticed an outcropping of rocks about 100 yards from the base of the ark. Ham and his wife, Maybeer were helping the farm animals gather together. Isabella, Don Pedro, Giorgio, Pauline, Jacques, and Henriette looked as if they were holding a meeting. Henriette, of course, was running the meeting, pecking at Jacques. Then he spotted the wolves. What are they up to? growled Max to himself. They were running against the flow of animals, heading straight for the humans, whose backs were turned. It was then he spotted Liz. She was further down the mountain slope. She appeared to have jumped up on a rock ledge, obviously to get a better view. Max's heart caught in his throat. Charlie was slithering toward her from behind. What was he to do? Something was wrong with both scenes. The wolves were making their way to the humans, their back fur raised, clearly signaling trouble, but what was Charlie doing, sneaking up behind Liz? Why would he be going in her direction? Max was torn. Which way was he to go? Who was he supposed to guard? The feeling of dread intensified as he considered either option. If he went in the direction of the wolves to help the humans, he couldn't make it over to Liz. If he went in the direction of Liz, what would happen to the humans? Wh- whom did he believe? He was torn. He didn't want to choose either. It appeared that both choices offered a sacrifice.
1: Oh, help me! I don't know which way to go. Please give me a revelation and show me what to
0: do, Maker! cried Max in anguish. The Maker spoke to him. Trust what goes deep.
1: Goes deep? What
0: goes deep? thought Max frantically. He had just been thinking about trust and about truth. Gilliman said to dig deep for truth. Craddock was always searching for the next right thing in truth, and he goes deep, deep in the water. Craddock believed in the Maker's calling of the wolves. He believed in them enough to help them. And Liz, Liz had been digging deep for the truth. It hurt her deeply to tell Max the truth, and that truth had pierced Max's heart deep within. Max knew where he had to turn. He hurried down the arc to the exit ramp, accidentally dropping his reed, as he headed off running toward Liz. Aye, that were a time of soul-searching.
1: Mm. But, Monami, you made the right choice because you listened to the right voice. <laughs> I liked that, Liz. You're quite the poet, then. But, aye, them were words to live by. You'll come up with the right choice when you listen to the right voice. Oh, oh, and, and never settle for the faker, but always trust the maker. Ah, touché, Max. Oh, oh, and finally, why settle for Monsieur Denny when we can all hear from Miss Jenny? Jenny. It's time for Jenny's Corner with our bonny author lass, Jenny El Thanks, Max. What are you curious about today? Well, Miss Jenny, we know that you have been listening to the right voice all your life. Aye, the maker himself. And it sounds like some of your young readers are already listening to the right voice, too. We, uh, oui, madame? I recently got a
2: wonderful email from a girl named Evie, and she's 12 years old, and she lives in Tacoma, Washington, and she wrote to me and said, Dear Mrs. Cody, I would just like to say right off that through reading your books, I have most definitely grown closer to God. I've actually been moved to tears a few times when I feel the presence of God in my heart. You know, when you just feel a peace come over you and you know you are loved more deeply than you could ever imagine. Your books have done that to me. I'm currently rereading The Wind, The Road, and The Way, Through this book, I'm reminded of how God can take someone who's completely lost in life, Saul, and make them whole. Well, Evie, thank you so much for writing. And I am so grateful that you love the books. And, you know, she did tell me she loved The Art 3 and the Fire Cloud as one of her favorites. But that is a wonderful way to start about our chapter today on The Choice. And this was a tough scene for me to write for Max. Because last week we talked about how Liz had to speak the truth in love. And that's a tough thing when you have to speak boldly to a friend. And I also stressed how sometimes we need to be the one to hear the truth. And then what do we do with it? We have a choice to make. And the Lord, he's going to confront us with truth a lot of times. And the Holy Spirit will whisper in our hearts and say, you know what? You're not on the right path. You need to correct this. Um, That gentle nudge to take a different path and go a different way. So I was sad for Max. He's our hero. And it's been a sad thing to watch not only he and Liz, their friendship kind of fall on hard times, but to watch Max drift away from the maker. But this is something that we all do at some point in our lives. And here's the beauty of it. Just like Evie wrote about how God can take someone who's completely lost in life, whether they have never come to the Maker before or they've drifted away, like we're prone to do. God is always there, willing and waiting for us to return. And he'll restore everything and make it right. But the first step we have to take is a choice. And we have to admit that we're wrong, and we have to swallow our pride, and that's hard to do, isn't it? Ultimately, we have to choose if we're going to do the right thing, and call out to the Maker, like Max, or we're going to be stubborn and prideful, and go our own way, and keep hurting. But I think that Max chose to do the right thing, and I hope you will, too.
1: I sure did, lass. Thanks, Miss Jenny. I- Talking to the maker first always be the right start. I just wish I would have figured it out a wee bit sooner. Ah, don't we all, eh? And the truth be told, as the things of this world are constantly trying to throw us off course and make things difficult. Right, Monsieur Denis? It seems your job is becoming more difficult too, no? we,
0: uh, oui, Madame Lasette, And that's because our story is getting more intense every week. And our next episode will have you on the edge of your seat. You see, Charlie the Snake is now called charlatan, which means the original imposter. That's right, the faker. And dealing with him is guaranteed to get ugly. Don't miss our next episode. Once again, The Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. And since today we're talking about choices, let me remind you, when it comes to The Epic Order of the Seven audiobooks, you now have two choices. Of course, there's The Ark, The Read, and The Fire Cloud, and now our latest audiobook, The Voice, The Revolution, and The Key. The story of Patrick Henry and how America began to seek her independence with a little help from Max, Liz, and the whole Epic Order of the Seven team. So you can choose either of these amazing stories on audio by logging on to audible.com. Then again, why not choose both? They make great gifts and help allow us to continue producing these podcasts. And for the print version of any of Jenny's nine Epic Order books, log on to Jenny's website, epicorderoftheseven.com. Once again, The Epic Order of the Seven, The Podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. See you next time on The Epic Order of the Seven, The Podcast. And remember, you'll come up with the right
1: choice when you listen to the right voice. So never settle for the faker when you can always trust the maker. Have a grand day.